Howdy there, everybody. Welcome back and happy Skews Day to you. It's November 16th, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder and that there. He's back, everybody. Is Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Uh, Steve Bannon got indicted. Russia blew up a satellite that created debris fields, causing International Space Station astronauts to shelter in uh, lifeboats, including their own Russian astronauts. And uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse jury is deliberating. It's a fucking big week. Right? Yeah, big stuff going on here. What do you, uh, the Rittenhouse thing, what do you, what do you think? What's your expectation there? Because mine is not good. Well, it depends on how you define good, I guess. But yeah, it ain't, uh, I've not, I've been none too impressed with these proceedings so far. Me personally, the, <laughs> the prosecutors, especially the judge, it's been a bit of a clown show in my estimation. And I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll get to the judge in a few minutes, but the, uh, I, it's all depressing. It's all depressing because, I expect him to get off. I don't mm-hmm. imagine a world in which he ever would be uh, convicted because of systemic racism, the way the law is written. And of course, uh, just maybe it's according to the law. Correct. I don't fucking know. I mean, we all, I think everybody wants him. Two people are dead. No verdict's going to bring them back. One guy lost his arm. Um, that guy said on the stand, basically he deserved to get shot. And then, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so uh, it's just like, it's all a fucking nightmare. It's just like it, it, it's to me, the bigger takeaway is like the laws are written poorly and our society is constructed to generate these sort of situations. And it's sort of an example of how like everything is plug, it's plug and played into the culture war. We talk, I mean, like we get all our dumbasses basically from people trying to filter every single event that happens through some right wing thought meme or thought process, no matter the re- what the reality of the situation, it could be vaccines or QAnon or mandates or whatever. It's like, it's just what does my tribe think then figure out after that what I'm supposed to conclude as opposed to what actually happened. And I think this is another one of those things where everyone wants a result that makes them feel good. And I don't think anyone's going to get that. And the nightmare comes afterwards when, of course, we get more protests. And Right. Yeah. That's the thing to me is like the precedent it seems to set because it's like, you know, if it's OK, it's legal to open carry an assault rifle at a protest and also feel threatened at said protest it's legal to uh shoot people over that you know Mm -hmm. depending on how it all plays out and i just don't really see a universe where this type of thing doesn't happen again you know like uh there's gonna be i I mean he's like a literal hero on their side now you know i mean they're literally calling him a hero and you got all these other mayonnaise boys out there across the country who are gonna want to strap up and get some of that hero action you know i think and yeah. uh, they're going to be lining up to be the next Kyle Rittenhouse, I believe. And that's the biggest problem. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest problem, but that's one of the things that freaks me out the most about the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a lot of different buckets of stuff happening. You, know, you got, like, his behavior morally. You got his behavior leading up to the, the, the when the shooting started. You got when the shoot with the actual shootings. Then you got everything he's done since then to show he's a remorseless asshole that doesn't even right. – really, like, even if it is just a uh, justified self-defense, most people would still feel bad about killing someone. Yeah, <laughs> he does not seem to be, but none of that has enters into the actual trial. You know, it's just like I, I, to me, everything he did, all his worst behavior was everything before pulling a trigger. Do you know, like it, it didn't cause the most damage, but like getting a gun illegally, carrying open, yeah. carrying underage, going to a place you don't fucking need to be, right. looking for trouble, then finding it. And then right. afterwards, uh, celebrating with Proud Boys, wearing a free as fuck T-shirt, GoFundMe's, right. you know, it's like, it's all gross, man. But like yeah. when, when you have stand your ground laws and everyone's open care and you're allowed to shoot anyone that scares you. Right. This is what the fuck happened. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have OK Corrals going down. Like, I don't understand how like two guys open carrying AR-15s into the same Chipotle don't draw down on each other. Yeah. No, I think yeah. it's miraculous that more people don't get shot in this yeah. type of fashion with the way uh, the way the whole, uh, you know, assault rifle culture <laughs> that we yeah. have in this country. But, I, you know, I've I've harped on this a fair bit or I've talked about uh, this whole Rittenhouse thing a lot on my Patreon, if you're into that sort of thing. But also I made a video about it and stuff. But I was watching the trial last week and when uh, Rittenhouse is on the stand, dude, I know this, it's like a, a minor thing in the larger context of the trial, but when the prosecutor started grilling Rittenhouse about Call of Duty, I was like, oh, this is a fucking shit show. It's like, I, like as soon as he brought, I was like, are you fucking kidding? What year is it? Is he about to ask him if he listens to Marilyn Manson after this? Like, we're talking about fucking violent video games. The dude literally yeah. said, 
He literally said, is it not true, Mr. Rittenhouse, that the entire point of Call of Duty is to shoot people who come at you? And it's like, what the fuck, man? If everybody who, uh, if every, you know, male who played Call of Duty then went and murdered people, society would look like that fucking FX show where all the dudes are dead except that old boy and his monkey, you know? <laughs> why the last man, yeah. Yeah, why the last man. That's what society would look like if everybody who played Call of Duty went out and murdered people. The shit is ridiculous. Yeah. Those guys, they're not it. They suck. <laughs> and, and then the judge is just, I mean, a cartoon yeah. character. Dude, the judge... Uh, I read an article about the judge of the day, and this is like, he's definitely a self-aggrandizing, very confident, very cocky character, right? And he may or may not have the thumb on the scale for Kyle Rittenhouse specifically, but one thing about that judge I was reading about is he he's always really hard on prosecutors. And I just want to say this. Hmm. Good. Every right. judge should be really hard on prosecutors. And they were interviewing defense attorneys around there. said, yeah, he's the judge you pray for. He's the one you want to get because he's the only one that doesn't like suck the prosecutor's dick, you know? Um, which is what too, happens too often in this country. Don't you so, bring this nuance in here, Mark. I'm trying. <laughs> I innocent. To, I'm trying everyone to should be innocent until proven gay. Every, yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is this is the this is the problem with it. Like, you know, like the, the old thing lawyers say: where bad cases make bad law. Right? Where like you, anything other than if you take away anything from this trial other than like the criminal justice system is rigged. Like it, right. th that the law's written poorly and people, sh we should have way less guns that I don't know. Like, right. I, I just, I, I don't know what, I, what to say. And like, but I mean, the fact that today he let, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, I guess the way uh, Michigan, it works in, uh, um, uh, in Wisconsin is you have 18 jurors throughout the trial and to pick the 12 that are going to vote, they're drawn out of a hat, right? So you eliminate six extras off the bat. Um, usually the clerk does it. The judge let Rittenhouse do it. Just like it was a fun little treat to draw the names <laughs> of his own jurors. So that part, Jesus. it's a little, yeah, they, they had them. I don't know if you saw the part where like they, they called the first defense witness on Veterans Day and he asked who yeah. here served and he happened to be the, the, the defense witness yeah. was a vet. So you had the jury clap for the defense witness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his ringtone is yeah. Greenwood, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like if. if if Aaron Sorkin wrote this judge as a character in a in a legal drama, people would be like, "Well, yeah. Sorkin's finally jumped the shark. This is entirely too over the top." This guy. I, I would advise anyone if you think that the, aren't these little feudal lord tyrants all over the country in these little court yeah. courtrooms? We talked about that with Tennessee judge that locks up half the kids that come in front of her, even if they're seven years old. A couple weeks ago, yeah. These these this is this is not like. It's like every true crime documentary pissing me off in the same way. It's like there's nothing special about this case. Something special about this case is you were looking directly at it. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. It's like you yeah. said, like the main takeaway for most people should be how fucked how fucked up our justice system is in general. Yeah. And how many like incompetent and bad actors are heavily involved in it and it's you know, have massive implications and the way the laws are written and it's all just like it's a fucking circus, man. And it's like, you know, it's what poor black people have been trying to <laughs> they've been screaming but, from the rooftops about this for forever. But I mean, yeah, dude, it's, it's I absurd. I don't I don't doubt for a second here the criminal justice system would, justice system would have come down differently if it had been a left wing protester who won this fight with Kyle Rittenhouse because the government treats left wing protesters and right wing protesters differently. But um, the problem with the self defense where the other person dies is only one person is left to tell you what happened. Right. If that that one the one guy who Rittenhouse one of the people Rittenhouse killed was supposedly reaching for Rittenhouse's gun, which is the same thing cops say whenever they kill somebody is he was reaching for my gun, right? Yeah. If if that guy had gotten Rittenhouse's gun away and killed him after Rittenhouse had already killed another guy, he would have said, I had to kill that guy to save myself. And everyone would have been like, yeah, it sounds like whoever's left alive gets to right. claim self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. let's, you know, guess we'll see what happens. Although it seems we both have the same expectation for that outcome. Yeah. But uh, anyway, with us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I want to remind y'all. If you're vaccinated and want to see me live, you can go to wellredcomedy.com for tickets. We'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend, a lot of other places after that. Hope to see y'all out there. On the show this evening, we're going to be talking about the ever more maniacal state of GOP ad campaigns. For that, we'll be joined by Zachary Mueller of GOPAdTracker.com. We're also going to tell you about the hot new tactic that's sweeping the anti-vax community, step one of which is to get 
vaccinated. All right. We'll see. we got some other good silliness for you as well, but let's begin at the top with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, Washington State Senator Doug Erickson, who has fought Governor Jay Inslee tooth and nail over vaccine mandates and any and all measures aimed at limiting the spread of COVID-19 in the state of Washington. So why is he a dumbass other than the obvious, I mean? Well, let's hear it from this local news report. Play it, Matt. State Senator Doug Erickson has tested positive for COVID-19 during his trip to El Salvador. Erickson's spokesperson telling the Bellingham Herald that the senator has reached out to legislative colleagues for advice on how to receive monoclonal antibodies for treatment, which are unavailable in El Salvador. It is unclear if Erickson had been vaccinated against COVID-19. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of layers to this. Uh, one, yeah. uh, so this guy is anti-vax, anti-mask, whatever. He uh, went to El Salvador. We'll get to why in a second because that's almost that, that's one of the dumbest fucking. I mean, it's it, evil dumbassery. But he's also he because he can't come back to the states because he's been diagnosed. He has been sending emails to his uh, 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 you know fellow uh, caucus members in the Republican uh, state Senate who are Repo- uh, Republicans. Uh, to asking them to please find some Regeneron yeah. and put it on a plane to him. There's the email. He's just like sending a mass email asking for Regeneron because he's scared shitless because they don't. The fascist dictatorship, aspiring fascist dictatorship of El Salvador, does not have good medical care. Who who knew? Um, so a little bit of background about this guy. Well, you won't be surprised that he's fucking he's fucking crooked. Uh, he's one of the biggest beneficiary of lobbyist expense accounts in Washington state legislatures. He, he's a registered foreign agent to consult and lobby for an ex-Khmer Rouge affair, official, uh, prime minister of Cambodia. If you're not familiar with uh, the Khmer Rouge, they're the, they were the evil communist dictatorship of Cambodia. Yeah. responsible would have for, murdered both you and I for our glasses, among other things. Yeah. 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 yeah being they smart, uh, Being smart was a death sentence. Yeah. Khmer Rouge, not, uh, you know. Not super high on most people's list of, you know, uh, in terms of benevolence or like, you know, friendliness or professionalism or just any kind of really human characteristics whatsoever. But anytime you have the chance to make some extra bucks on your side as a side business from your uh, state legislator job, uh, working for an organization with a crimes against humanity subheading on their Wikipedia page, you just got to do it. We're talking 24,000 masks. You can't let a little genocide yeah. get in the way of a nice Christmas no. check, Mark. Come on now. No. You can't let uh, 24,000 mass graves discovered so far with about 1.3 million executed people in them like, keep you from making a little, you know, a little walking around money. Um, he, he, he took a trip to uh, like Cambodia in 2019 to state his belief that the Cambodian general election was free, just, and nonviolent, which LOL – on that trip, he was joined by uh, football coach Mike Leach, which is a little detail that hit for me. <laughs> college football stays with uh, Mike Leach is a lunatic. He loves pi- he loves uh, college football and pirates. He just loves dressing up like a pirate. If you're not familiar with him, yeah, he's a uh, wild cat. Yeah, so why El Salvador? So El Salvador elected this guy. We made fun of him a couple months ago. He's the millennial dictator aspiring in, in South America. He's like done stuff like dispatch the military to overthrow the legislature. And to uh, arrest judges who try to tell him he can't, like he tried to, the, the El Salvador Constitution apparently keeps uh, um, uh, people from running for a second term. He just said no, he's going to run, and the judges said no, so he had them arrested. Uh, so uh, our buddy Doug went down there to quote observe election security. He wants to see how how he wants to see how good they are running elections in this country, so we can bring it back up here and try to replicate it for our buddy Trump, I believe. Right. Uh, so yeah. Dude hits. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So in El Salvador, they're doing things like just ignoring term limits and putting judges in jail who say you can't run and just generally not being entirely free and fair election-y, right? Yeah. It's not, they're yeah. not super into free and fair nature of elections down there, which is why he went to take notes and come back up here uh-huh. and, uh, you know, maybe get another coup going or some such. All he wanted to do was do a little coup, and then instead he's choking on a ventilator, maybe in El Salvador, begging people to, uh, you know, put some strap some Regeneron to a carrier pigeon. <laughs> so, this fucking guy. Uh, yeah, consequences of one's actions are rough. Uh, they don't hit for me. My, mine don't hit for me, Trey. I got to be honest. I never oh, enjoy yeah. them. Okay, yeah. well, uh, so let's get into the hot new trend in the anti-vax world that I mentioned earlier. You can put that screen grab up there, Matt. Um, 
So there, people, vaccine holdouts are finally caving to mandates because they feel they have no choice. The mandates are working. But then, not to be outdone, they turn around and scramble to undo the shots. That's right. Many, uh, many um, pseudoscience practitioners on TikTok and the like are purporting to be able to detox the COVID vaccine through, you know, bath salts and candles and shit like that. Just the usual suspects. And weirdly, Mark, uh, doesn't seem like there's much evidence for this working. Experts say that's like trying to unring a bell. So, yeah. Know, but I think we should tell them that it is working personally. Yeah. Like they should yeah. believe that it works. So it's like, just get the vaccine so you can go wherever you want to go. And then later yeah. you could just take your fucking salt and clay bath and wash all the vaccine out of your blood and go back to being a lunatic. And then when that doesn't work, we all know that, you know, we've like uh, duped them with the shot, which is what yeah. we need. They get the vaccine so we can all sleep at night. And then they think they don't, they got, they sucked it all out of their bloodstream so they can sleep at night. It's fucking win win, really. My favorite method they're using is uh, snake bite kits. So have you ever seen an old Western when somebody gets bit by a snake yeah. and they, somebody sucks the poison out? They try it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're doing, they're like, they're doing that shit. They're doing, they're using cupping therapy. Um, and yeah. then you talked about the baths. It's not just clay and salt they're using. They're putting borax. Uh, you know, the. <laughs> yeah. Got to get rid of those toxins. Well, the borax, borax. not for the toxins. The, the, the borax is for the liquid microcomputers that are in the vaccine. That's oh, what they got to deactivate them. I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the clay and stuff is for the toxins. The borax is for the liquid microcomputers and nanotechnologies. Uh, is that covered 5G as well? Or do they have, is there a different, <laughs> is there like a special type of crystal that gets rid of the 5G? You I think baking soda will work for the 5G. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I can yeah. see borax. I'm getting yeah. it now. It's starting to make sense to me. Yeah. Them like borax frantically is- going back to the parking garage and trying to suck the like the poison out of each other's, you know, vaccine wounds and like, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of a, a Honda pilot or whatever is pretty funny to think about. Yeah. I mean, like for, for whatever, I don't I don't know why sucking the poison that works for snake bites. But uh, I don't need to tell you guys that that getting a shot straight to your muscle that's already just dispersed, dispersed into your bloodstream, it's not going to do anything. But at least they're getting it. If, in fact, if they, if they think they can suck it out, it probably makes them more likely to get it. So right, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, let's just let's just kind of let this one. Let's just sort of roll with this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're already sitting here shitting on them, but they ain't watching this show anyway. Just as a general rule, let's just let's just let them kind of have this one, you know, because yeah. uh, the ends justify the means, in my I, opinion. I, I was talking to a couple of buddies a couple weeks ago, and uh, someone came up and they go like, I got the vaccine, but I'm against the vaccine. I was like, ah. At whatever, I don't, I don't care. Whatever, right. whatever. You can think whatever thoughts you want in your spare time. Yeah, as long as you get it, I don't give a <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, that's recreational at that point. I don't really give All a right. shit. So, honorable mention here, you got a Q update for us, don't you, Mark? Yeah, so a couple weeks ago we talked about how uh, uh, the Q people had invaded Dealey Plaza in uh, in Dallas to uh, see JFK announce he, he was still alive and maybe JFK uh, Sr. and uh jackie o might you know be reincarnated to reveal if they had faked their deaths as well there was that yeah. shit happening and robin um, williams was going to show up and they saw uh-huh. Richard prior there and just a just a yeah. zombie parade in dallas that day so turns out as of last night two weeks later uh they're still camped out there <laughs> really <laughs> yeah they're still camped out in the grassy knoll. They, there was a video went viral of them last night. They, they said uh, they did the Pledge of Allegiance, said the Lord's Prayer, and then saying we are the world. It's a real mashup of stuff. Uh, <laughs> one person actually turned on the guy running. The guy, the guy who runs it, I forget his name. It doesn't matter. You just call him some asshole. So some asshole is one of those numerologist guys. He goes to like old Talmudic texts and find numbers that relate to true drop, Q drops and is sort of this branch off cult from Q. But anyway, he also tries to sell Iraqi dinars and other foreign currencies. So that's really the there's a, I don't know if you guys know or not, but there's a conspiracy theory that uh, some of the stuff the Trump administration was doing in Iraq was going to really inflate the value of the Iraqi dinar. So a bunch of wing nuts were stocking up on dinars in the international currency markets. Uh, anyway. But what really turned this guy was he that they, is that some dumbass had told him that Princess Die was going to show up, and they actually someone actually said that Princess Die was at to peer in a window, so they all like rushed towards a window and almost trampled each other to see Princess Die. <laughs> and oh god, wait! And oh, then god. when that didn't happen, there was an actual backlash. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 
from this one Why guy. That at least. One? Why not all know. of the other times that somebody said, uh, uh, you know, someone was going to rise from the grave and then they didn't. And they just kept rolling with that. But Princess Di was, a, was yeah. a zombie bridge too far. I don't understand. Yeah, we all got to pick our spots, Trey. You got you to yes, pick so. a moment to make your stand. <laughs> this was when Princess Di didn't show up. So do you yeah. know what their current, like, do they have a new date? Is it, you know, like they keep moving the goalpost, obviously, but are they just going to stay there until they... I don't know, get institutionalized or hit by a bus. Yeah. What are they, what are they going to do? Oh, here's the, we are the world, uh, the video and the message using this B roll, but yeah, they're there. There they are. There they are. Those are people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's like, gotta be like a few hundred of them. I was about to they're say all- that's, that's too many people for this context, man. Like, that's- yeah. I don't really know why they're holding up the number four. It must be one of the numerology things. They probably, I just signaled them. So we're all going to get the, we're going to get flooded. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, uh, these people, uh, yeah, a couple hundred of it. There were, there were a thousand two weeks ago, so at least they dwindled some. So that, that part's good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, our next honorable mention, the media for making a big deal about some purported would-be voter fraud, which is something that Republicans would never do. Here, hear it from new Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin in this video. Yeah, it was just a, it was silliness. I think um, there was there's real confusion on where a 17 year old can can vote or not, and and so he he had had a friend who who suggested that he might be able to vote. He went up and asked. Um, I know my son really was incredibly respectful young man, and uh, and he presented his ID, and when they said he couldn't vote, he said okay, and he went to school. So. I do. I am a, a little bit frustrated that it's become, you know, the media paid so much attention to it. It's my 17-year-old son, and I really would like everybody to leave my family alone. Yeah, just a little light attempted voter fraud that they would not make a big deal out of if the kid wasn't a uh, rich young white Republican. Uh, right. I fucking hate these people, man. I don't, I like, know. I don't know what else to do. Yeah, with they it. would it's never like... blow out of proportion the actions of a candidate's son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, that, that would never get a spotlight thrown on it for any reason if it was coming from their side, especially not with voter fraud. They don't, you know. There was a, a famous case a couple of years ago, a woman in Fort Worth uh, whose parole had ended, thought she could, was then allowed to vote. So she tried to vote. Same thing. They told her, no, you can't vote. She went, prison, went to prison for five years. So I don't really understand why this is that different of a case. Um, I don't think either one of these people should go to fucking prison considering they didn't do any, they, what their actions right. did not affect anything. But I don't understand what Glenn Youngkin says, confusion over where you can vote at 17 years old. Is there any way in America, anywhere in America can vote at 17 years old? I, yeah, I've never, never heard that before. I, you know, that's like one of the main things I feel like you know about turning 18. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that that's when yeah. you can vote. You can vote, you can go to war, but you can't have a beer, God damn it. That's what you got, you know, like that's the type of shit you hear about, you know, mm-hmm. becoming of age always. I'm, I don't think anybody thinks that you can vote at 17. And maybe that kid asked his buddy and his buddy was like, yeah, you know, you're that guy's kid. You just <laughs> you just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you don't, you ain't heard yeah. the news. You just go ahead. Yeah. They'll, let you, they'll let you do anything. Go for your it. Dad, your dad's the king of Virginia now. You can do whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay uh let's see what do we got next for uh daily dumbass honorable mention oh seventh graders for very for famously not knowing about butt stuff what the hell am i talking about well the uh the fight to ban books rages on and it's taken some uh pretty humorous although upsetting turns along the way so Matt put that up there. So this, this is a quote from an article about it. In September, a Texas anti-mask activist named Kara Bell read a passage from Out of Darkness at a school board meeting. The scene she chose was one in which a gang of racist white students sexually demeaned the Mexican heroine. Bell quoted the characters making a slang reference <clears throat> to anal sex, words that left her appalled. Quote, I do not want my children to learn about anal sex in middle school, she cried. I've never had anal sex. I don't want to have anal sex. I don't want my kids having anal sex. And, uh, you know, this all happened <laughs> out in public. Uh, like, what, I see her husband's face when she was going on this tirade. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. To quote the famous those. Twitter meme, like, my I do not want to have anal sex t-shirt is, is raising a lot of questions answered by my t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to tell parents this, man. Trey, you got young boys. Um, 
Yeah. If they're learning about butt sex in, in middle school, it's probably not in English class. For sure. Oh. <laughs> Dude, me and Katie were just talking about this just the other day because, like, my oldest son's in fourth grade. And uh, I asked Katie, I was like, do you remember, like, when you started, like, just cussing and being filthy and shit? And she was like, no, not really. And I said, well, I do. I remember exactly when it was. It was fourth grade. And I know because mm-hmm. that's when I met my buddy Dustin Thompson. And we, you know, just fucking went – Hauling ass down that highway to hell, buddy, in fourth grade, which seemed totally, it's wild to me now having a fourth grader. It's wild mm-hmm. thinking about that. But yeah, he's like, I think about, dude, there's kids in his class saying wild shit. Some of them dressing up in squid game outfits for Halloween and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're fucking, yeah. like, dude, yeah, middle schoolers. They know about all that. Dude, we were fucking blasting Eminem when we were in middle school. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to know what intercourse is by the time they hit fourth grade. They got the Discovery Channel, don't they? As, as uh, to quote the legendary poet Slim Shady. But yeah, it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. And like just this degree of trying to shelter your kids from everything, anything and everything is, you know. My my nephew's uh, just turned 14. About a, he's, he's, he has a cell phone for, you know, emergencies. They closely monitor his internet activity. He's not supposed to be on social media. My sister discovered he had a TikTok account with 35,000 followers. <laughs> uh, I took it away from wow. him, of course. Yeah, he was apparently hitting on TikTok. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, you can't really, you only control your kids so much. But that's really the point of this. Is like, it's sort of revelatory because like the point of this is, is to protect the illusions of parents, not to protect kids. Right. Kids are out there in these streets, man. They don't, they, 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 they're out there learning. And they got they got internet access and they know how to get around porn blocks and like uh, you be, they're way ahead of us technology wise so I don't know what I mean I don't know man sorry welcome yeah. to being a, welcome to Earth I guess um, I guess you want to protect them as long as possible but some of this stuff is just fooling yourself like I don't like people being like I, I don't want my kids learning about race in second grade was anybody asked like a little minority kid when they learn right. about race because it's a, way younger than that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're all, all them kids are in for a rude awakening eventually. You know who else is in for a rude awakening? This uh, this realtor lady who got caught on January 6th and then later declared she would never go to prison for it Who and who is now heading to prison. Yeah. But she's preparing for, not to worry. Well, go for, for, for context, we talked about this lady before for January 6th. She was a not politically active real realtor in Dallas-Fort Worth who got radic- didn't even vote in 2020. Got radicalized after the election through YouTube, flew to DC on a private jet, got shit faced drunk, and said she was going to overthrow the government in her own Facebook feed, and then famously screamed, I'm never going to jail because I'm white and I'm blonde. And uh, this is what happened next. Yeah. Play that, Matt. I pled guilty to entering the Capitol for two minutes and eight seconds. Jenna Ryan is one of more than 600 people arrested for storming the Capitol on January 6th. Last week, she was sentenced to 60 days in prison beginning in January. It's all you can think about. I'm watching all the YouTube videos on how prison is, how to go to prison, what to do. Ryan flew with friends on a private plane to the Stop the Steal rally in D.C. before going back to her hotel. But while watching news coverage, she decided to go back and posted a video saying she was going to storm the Capitol. So I was just like, we're storming the Capitol. And I meant we're storming with our words and our we're going down there to tell them, you know, and, you know, it's free speech. You know what? We are armed and dangerous. I love like that. I like the fact that the reporter throws in she went back to her hotel, which is like a clue, cue to us. Like you know, she got in that fucking mini bar. You can just tell she trashed that mini bar. Yeah, right? she is sloppy drunk in that second in, in the later on videos. But also, uh, dude, her just going on her watching prison tutorials on YouTube, how to go to prison. Uh, you know, they got everything out there nowadays, Mark. Like, I wonder if she's learning how to make the uh, hooch and whatnot, or at least where to get it from. Got to learn some butthole stuff if you're going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to. Yeah, maybe she could read that. <laughs> out of, she can. She could read that book that lady was trying to ban. <laughs> learn how to get by. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this lady rules, man. I don't know what to do. Like, it's just like, uh, she's, she's on the mostly harmless, but fucking nuts camp. Um, right. I'm glad, glad she's getting a little 60 day slap on the wrist. She's, she has, uh, pri- she's private jet rent friends, so she'll be okay when she gets out. Yeah. But, 100%. Uh, but yeah, I mean, also dude, her saying, I'll never go to jail for this because I'm white or <laughs> whatever. I mean, dude, how can you not love it? Uh, seeing somebody like <laughs> yeah. that be carted yeah. off to jail. Um, yeah. 
I bet she won't go away though. She'll be before you know it, dude. She'll be out and running her yeah. mouth. I bet. Well, she she was a uh, she was she, she at the Capitol. She was live streaming on her uh, the, the, the the her stream she uses to promote her real estate business. But since then, she has started a politics YouTube, so she might be in the tab. You, you look go. to the if you look over the tab, if you're watching us on YouTube. She might be right there, but she's definitely trying to launch a second career as an influencer. Yep. So they they all do there that. That's the way it goes. She'll, have, she'll have prison street cred. She gets out. She's like uh, Fifty Cent got shot in that. Yeah, she put out so, a mixtape. Yeah. That's the next yeah. on the list. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we've watched a lot of wild ass GOP campaign ads recently on the show. Typically they're blowing stuff up or jumping out of airplanes or whatever. And uh, of course the big Yunkin McAuliffe race centered around uh, critical race theory and the ads about that. We watched the lady was horrified that her 17 year old AP English <coughs> little baby boy was being exposed to the works of Tony Morrison. So um, we talked about all that recently. We're going to go in a little bit deeper on the current state of GOP ad campaign strategy. And for that, we're going to welcome our guest tonight. He is the digital communications manager for America's Voice. He also manages GOPAdTracker.com, a searchable database of racist and xenophobic dog whistle ads. He writes regularly about immigration and nativist politicians and organizations for America's Voice. Prior to joining them, he was a union organizer and worked researching far-right politics. Everybody, welcome to the show, Zachary Mueller. Zach, what's up, man? Glad to be here. Big, Big fan of the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, so I guess let's start with the Youngkin race and those ads. Like I'm sure you saw the one we were just talking about. It went kind of viral. Mm-hmm. That lady was so upset about her little baby boy reading this filth. You know, yeah. he was a 17 year old honor student. To contextualize for people that uh, if they didn't see the episode a couple weeks ago, there was a lady talking about her son having to read uh, a Toni Morrison book, but the her words were laid over B-roll of uh, Black Lives Matter protests and you know a few burning trash cans and cars and shit. So it was like it what that lady's complaint is stupid, but even if you believe she has a good complaint, the ad was totally fucking race baiting. It was like gross and sad and ridiculous. So yeah. Zach, like talk a little bit about sort of the origin of that strategy, I guess, how effective it was, how they landed on that. And then also I want to get into what the response could have or should have been. How do you counter things like that? But yeah, just let's get started. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Yunkin campaign was like kind of fooling around trying to figure out what their, what their, what their message was going to be throughout the election. I mean, this is basically just kind of like a guy that they kind of like pulled out uh, to try to win this race. They try to like craft, craft him in as in a laboratory here. Um, and, you know, he back in April started to kind of pick up on this, you know, Fox News generated some of this kind of uh, activity that was happening on the ground around school boards, around critical race theory. So he started to pick this up and he thought I, he could run with this, um, you know, and kind of filter off the energy that was happening on the ground and kind of some of the local right wing energy and take it into his campaign. So back in April, he started to really kind of pick this up to his base and kind of move it, talking about that he was going to ban critical race theory, kind of picking up where some other Republican governors, um, whether that be in Florida, like with DeSantis or in other 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 Republican governors throughout this out the country that were kind of banning critical race theory as a way to kind of burnish their cred um, and an ability to kind of pass off uh, what is a racist dog whistle meaning that um, they're not explicitly saying anything racist and mm-hmm. it allows them to have the plausible deniability both for themselves and for their viewers to say, oh, no, 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 we're not talking about anything racist here. Actually, you are the racist because you're the ones bringing up race here. We're actually trying to teach kids, you know, to love everybody, no matter the color of their skin. Meanwhile, being able to insert um, race into the conversation and stoke racial anxieties um, in, 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 as a political tool to turn out voters. So that mm-hmm. ends up becoming uh, his strategy going all the way up through the election to really kind of mobilize both, uh, you know, any kind of Republican support uh, across across the board under this kind of um, race-based uh, banner and really running a racist campaign. For, for people that don't are familiar with, like, uh, I'm sure uh, – uh, if you guys don't know who Lee Atwater is, uh, I would recommend Googling him. I don't want to show the video. There's there's audio of him. You can listen to this on YouTube where he describes a Southern strategy. He was the guy who sort of origin, uh, formulated it for Nixon and uh, uh, Reagan. It was like basically like 
you in, in the 50s and 60s, you go around screaming N-word, 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 and he actually said the word. And he goes, but by, then you start talking about uh, segregation. You start about, talking about school choice and school right, uh, rights. You start talking about income taxes and, uh, and welfare queens. And by the time you get to that, you're still saying the N-word, N-word, N-word stuff, but you're so far away from it uh, rhetorically that no one knows how to criticize it, right? So it's like this is even like – this is kind of going backwards 20 years from that. It's, sort of like, it's, it's so weird how even more racialized this is than the normal welfare queen sort of bullshit that Republicans run on. Yeah, yeah what a, very much the same strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and what about the fact that, like, you know, critical race theory as an actual concept and everything isn't actually taught in any public schools in Virginia and whatnot? Like, this was, you know, one of their boogeyman that they come up with every so often that they seem to just fabricate out of thin air and just run with it. And, you know, why is that so effective? Is it just that it plays off these underlying just racist tendencies that are there already? But also, like, what do you do in the face of something like that? It's got to be frustrating because you can say to your blue in the face, this isn't real. They're just making this up, you know, but if it doesn't matter, then wh where the hell do you go from there? Yeah, so I very much so that there's kind of finding a new boogeyman um, each time around, right? So back in, you know, 2017 um, in, in Virginia in the governor's race, really the kind of made up idea that there was these sanctuary cities um, all over the state of Virginia. And that's what they were running on, really anti-immigrant kind of xenophobic dog whistles. Um, again, it's just kind of this made up idea to, to fear monger around, uh, you know, non-white others. Um, and again, right, it, it critical race theory is, is an obscure legal theory about understanding how we think about how race pervades our society and how very much it still is uh, affecting our politics, um, our law, and all the other institutions. But they're able to kind of use this and then kind of mull it and move it around so it ends up becoming something like parents' rights or something else like that. So it becomes really obscure, um, like Mark was talking about, just about to, to, to be able to allow um, voters to be able and politicians to say, oh, look, I'm not talking about race here, even though race is really the active ingredient moving people to the polls and then kind of um, getting that kind of anxiety, whether it's conscious or unconscious from the voters themselves. Um, but I think in a way to answer your kind of like follow up question is really how do you respond to this stuff? Because clearly um, Terry McAuliffe's campaign, which was the Democrat who ran in Virginia, didn't do it very well. Mm -hmm. uh, he tried. Um, and clearly it was not successful. It was a little bit, uh, a little bit not enough and a little bit too late. Um, so I think really the most important thing for, you know, folks to think about this is that if we're trying to combat, um, you know, GOPs like strategic racism, the racist dog whistles that they're using in August before an election, that, that's much too late. We're just kind of responding at that point. I think about this as really a, a way of trying to inoculate um, other folks around us and, um, I think Democrats could do this as well, too, but also other folks as well to understand and really name the Republican strategy, which is to strategically use race as a means to harm all working class people for their own benefit. Because that's really what's at stake here. Right. It's, it, it isn't that just, you know, Youngkin or some of these other Republicans are using racism because oh, that's a moral bad and, and racism is bad. Sure, it is. But it ends up in policies that really end up hurting not only people of color, but also working class white people as well. It's the reason why, you know, we can't have Medicaid expansion, um, you know, access to affordable college, um, higher wages, good union laws, like the, the GOP that ends up using these kinds of strategic racism um, end up blocking the ability for working class people to benefit. And so I think that's why it's really important for us to think about and understand, really name that game. And then I think also then pivot back and tell a different story to say, look, you know, they want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, if they want to say critical race theory. What that actually means is banning books in schools. It means, you know, not teaching our kids like our real history, you know, good and the bad. Um, and, you know, we don't want, really want politicians in there picking out the, the curriculum. Right. And we don't want white supremacists like being able to ex books out of, out of our public schools. Right. I, that, that's a that's a, a majoritarian opinion. I, I, I think the folks that kind of want that right are, are, are a small marginal that, you know, ain't, ain't really worth talking to either. Even then, like the optics of it, like the optics of burning and banning books are bad. But there's like there's a school board in Spotsylvania County, Virginia, which is the county outside of Fredericksburg where I went to college, where they, the school board was like, yeah, we're going to burn. The, they literally said we're going to burn the books 
It was like wild. I can't believe people are going to get away with this shit. But uh, it's it, it's nuts to me that this stuff, so that this hustle still works. But it does seem to work. And uh, do you want to watch some ads so we can see how cool this shit looks in reality? Because <laughs> some of these ads are pretty uh, a pretty action movie style. Uh, the, there's some ads that uh, that Zach dug up in his research and his report he wrote for the organization he works for. Um, say the name of the organization again, Matt, because I'm blanking on it right now. America's Voice, right? I'm Jessica Taylor, and I'm here to launch my campaign for United States Senate. I'm a working mom of three and a small business owner who was raised in rural Alabama to love God, guns, family, fishing, and four-wheeling. But today, in Kamala's America, I fear everything we hold dear here in Alabama is under attack by socialists, big tech, and the radical liberals in D.C., the woke police and the fake news media are destroying our democracy. And y'all, I'm fit to be tied. It's long past time serious conservatives like us rise up and help finish Trump's mission of draining the swamp. All right. The truth is, the you left can, wants to keep lying. If you can fast well, forward, yeah. Tom. Yeah, uh, yeah, so the race parts there, obviously, cobbles America, which is a weird way to phrase what's going on. Also, they showed, they showed a picture of an athlete at the Olympics, not... Uh, turning away during the national anthem or whatever. And then, right. uh, the, so she's, Alabama's a big NASA state, which is assuming is why she uses, she's using Riken, uh, rocket iconography. But uh, to, to, she loaded she loaded a newspaper, some woke books, and a mm-hmm. Twitter avatar yeah. into, into this rocket. Now watch what happens. She puts on sunglasses. Say so all the commie stuff is in the rocket. So she put all the yeah. commie stuff in the rocket, and then she sends it to space. I don't. I don't. The Russians beat us to space. Did. It used to be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But like, I like the sunglasses. The, the utilization of the sunglasses there, because it's like, it, yeah. was that just for maximum badassery? Like, she wasn't looking at the rocket. She puts them on, explodes the rocket behind her, and then takes them back off once the rocket's out of frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like you just had to have the sunglasses there for the sweet ass rocket shot that they had. But what's up with this, Zach? About like it's not so they love things they love like xenophobia and racism and dog whistles and whatnot, but also silly action movie bullshit. They're always blowing stuff up and jumping out of shit and shooting things and stuff like that. Like, where did all that come from? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could give you the origin of, you know, why they do silly shit. Um, but I, I think it's a bit right. Like they're, they're doing this kind of thing that, um, you know, I, I think I've heard you all talk about this before too, right? Like to, if you're in on the joke, right. Trump is funny. And I think yeah. like, that's a little bit what's going on here too, right? Like this action movie style, like it's, it's a bit like, it, if you like this shit, if you like burning books, which is like actually what's happening here, she in in one of the in one of the scenes, she takes uh, Ibram X Kennedy's "How to Be an Anti Racist" and loads it in the rocket and blows up the rocket. Um, you know, sets the rocket on fire. So, um, I, but it's kind of like a wink and a nod. Like, look, we want to kind of be um, funny. It also, I think, is is trying to like be a little bit of a shock value um, because they're trying to get noticed. So she is running as a in a Senate candidate in an Alabama uh, Republican primary. And a lot of these primary ads are where um, between GOP is where you're going to see some of the worst and some of the craziest ads. Um, it's because it's like GOP people trying to out yeah. racist each other and out crazy right. each other to get noticed. Um, it's time to take a sledgehammer. Just kind of one last thing. So she has released several other like different like shots and of uh, videos to make sure that she could prove everybody that she actually did blow that rocket up. It's like the mainstay of her campaign is to prove she did light that rocket on fire and it did go up in the air. And it was actually a pretty big explosion. Uh, I'm very proud of that. She did did an eighth grade science project. I'm very proud of her. Good for her. This is uh, Carrie Lake from the Arizona governor's race. Just the first few seconds, man, if you could watch the badassery here. The mainstream media's lies and propaganda. The corporate media establishment flat out lies to people and no one is holding them accountable. They exploit misinformation. They use it to manipulate the masses. They use fear mongering to create a scared and broken population. It's right out of a communist playbook. 
I know this because I used to work for the mainstream okay, media. Matt, you could cut that. So this lady was the most frightening to me because later on that video, she does use the word cabal, um, which, you know, is Q lingo. Mm -hmm. And she also uses the famous. <laughs> this is just how cynical this is. So there's a video that went viral. This guy, um, Timothy, I'm blanking on his last name, um, uh, tracks media clips all over the all over the country. Uh, used a bunch of clips from Sinclair Broadcasting, which is a huge sub Trump supporting, uh, uh, you know, Trump media conglomerate uh, that has must run segments where they talk straight to the camera about how your country is being destroyed and whatever. And she used those simultaneous clips to show that actually the liberal media. <laughs> is rigged and that is just chef's kiss i admire her moxie for that this lady is going places she's evil totally yeah um, speaking of totally evil so another thing they like to do you know they are the ones who are actually being persecuted i've no no more persecuted group in this country than white christians i think we've all learned that by now you know um they are the ones who uh, are having their freedoms obstructed and all of that. You know, they're very they really think that they're being held down underneath the foot of the man. And uh, if you want a perfect example of this sort of uh, bass backwards type of ideology, look no further than Nevada Senate candidate Adam Laxalt. I probably said that wrong, but let's watch the first little bit of his ad, which really highlights what I'm talking about. My kids can't get enough of Star Wars. We've watched all nine movies, twice, and counted. They love it because it's a story about right and wrong, good versus evil. In our house and at our church, we talk a lot about what's right and what's wrong. And right now, it seems like the wrong side is winning. The radical left, rich elites, Woke corporations, academia, Hollywood, and the media, they're taking over America. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Zach, my question to you is, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, we've seen this, like, not just in this ad, but a lot of other Republicans use very similar tactics, right? So I think, you know, whether it be the Carrie Lake ad or this Adam Laxalt ad, Right. They're doing a, a sense of inoculation that I was talking about. I think that it's important. Right. So they're inoculating their own base and their own viewers to say, look, you can't trust anybody um, out here besides us. Like, don't trust, you know, don't trust the media. Don't trust anybody that says that we're using, you know, racism or anything else. Like we are the ones that are incorrect, you know, and then they, and they pivot and use this says, well, you know, it's actually we're the ones fighting against, you know, these rich elites, these corporations, you know, we're the ones, you know, really trying to, you know, have this beautiful, you know, uh, anti-racist America, which is very much, very much laughable. But I, but I think like for most folks that are not politically active, right, hear that and you're like, okay, well, that sounds great. Um, and so I, I, I think, you know, what, what they're tapping into, right, is, is the ability to do another kind of bit on their dog whistles, right? So they, they put this out and then they, then they can say, well, look, I'm not the racist one here. Like I, I, we're fighting big corporations, you know, I'm the one that's really trying to get, you know, civility going on. Meanwhile, people like Adam Laxalt and other Republicans are the ones getting massive uh, tax breaks to billionaires right. and corporations, right? Yeah. Not actually addressing real people's concerns, right? No, and so it's, they it's are really the just empire. Kind of <laughs> Yeah, they it's are one hundred percent the empire. They think they're the like scrappy rebels, whatever. When they're for, like, uh, for for those listening to the podcast, when we start talking about the empire. Um, it was showing his little beautiful little white children play play acting as rebels, and then over over footage of uh, uh, Kamala and BLM protesters and whatever who are obviously supposed to be the empire. So BLM protesters are the empire here. <laughs> And his rich little rich white children are the rebels. Now, three funny things about this. Uh, one, he said that we watched nine Star Wars movies. There's fucking 11 movies, dude. There you you got to go. count. Rogue Get one. So That's right. Get it. Uh, secondly, um, I forget what the second one was. But the third one I was going to say <laughs> is that George Lucas has been explicit in the allegory that is Star Wars, America is the empire and Viet Cong were the rebels. Now, I don't want to get fucking too deep into that uh, analogy right now, but he obviously doesn't even know anything about the goddamn movies he supposedly worships. So that part drove me a little nuts. Um, yeah, for sure. 
the whole yeah. thing is pass backwards. Zach, before we let you go, I wanted to make sure and ask you about one other aspect of this, and that's like the way that the media seems to cover it. I'm talking about the the Youngkin thing in particular and critical race theory. It was very much this thing, and not just – I think we, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the show too. It wasn't just like Fox News. It was on CNN and other outlets where like there was this whole narrative that's like, listen, this is a real thing. This is a real concern that real parents have and to act like otherwise is just, you know, disingenuous or whatever, which was always annoying to me because yeah, these people are fired up about it, but it doesn't make it real. It doesn't mean it isn't some, you know, ginned up boogeyman or whatever, just to serve the purpose of riling them up. Like, you could talk about that instead of just acting like it deserves to be taken seriously because a bunch of fucking frothing at the mouth rubes are upset about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think this is one of the main problems with um, how the Democrats in Virginia and led by, you know, Terry McAuliffe handled this, right. Is that they've said, Hey, this is a racist dog whistle. And then they step back and then hoped that the media wouldn't take it at, like take it at face value and then they wouldn't cover it. Um, and they would say, well, this is, you know, just kind of like um, made up racist garbage really to try to inflame, you know, uh, racist anxieties. Right. And they, and they really thought that the media was going to go ahead and run, run with that and, and be fine. We didn't have to deal with it as Democrats or as other people, which I think is actually, you know, something that's going to get us in trouble if we continue to believe that is the case because Republicans and their allies are very good and they've been developing this strategy over for over many years, which is to create this, you know, whatever kind of new outrage, new, ever, new dog whistle, new boogeyman that they want to put forward. And then they and their kind of right wing media sphere on Newsmax or OAN and then Fox News. And they kind of drum it up over and over again. And then Republican politicians say, hey, 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 you know, the, the, the other media isn't covering this. You know, it's biased. They're kind of working the rest of it. Well, you know, CNN isn't covering this. Only Fox News is covering this. Only Fox News is covering this. And they kind of really blow it up and kind of beat um, up on, you know, mainstream reporters, um, you know, at, and say, you, you should cover this. You should cover this. And so, Mainstream reporters think, well, OK, well, I, I need to be objective and I'm really scared about this or seeing that I'm, you know, need to not be seen as like a, 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 you know, a liberal here. And so I'm going to take these arguments that the Republicans are saying and then I'm going to then use them and put them towards the candidate. So the Terry McCullough was constantly like you were saying, Trey, was to say, you know, what, what do you say to parents about this critical race theory in schools, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then Republicans will then take that when it shows up on CNN and then blow it up on their own channels to prove that they are right. To yeah. say, look, even CNN is calling it critical race theory is a problem. And which is which is a real problem, real problem, because this isn't was never about education at all. Right. Um, but I think if we hope that the media way it currently exists is going to call these things out, you know, we're really shooting ourselves in our foot and we need to be. You know, as Democrats need to, you know, do their part to actually talk about this stuff, lean in, explain it to people. That's their job is to communicate political issues to people. Um, but I think like also like other organizations, the great work that you all do here, right, continue to explain to folks that like calling out this kind of game for what it is, because I don't think we can kind of really hope that those, the folks in the media, because they benefit from this kind of like horse race, you know, will they, won't they kind of thing. And Republicans have a strategy knowing um, that they're not going to call Republicans racists. After four years of Donald Trump, that it took them four years to call Donald Trump a racist and a liar, like they are unwilling to do that work. And so I think if we rely on that, like we're going to be in a very bad position and it's going to actually uninform and put a lot of disinformation around, you know, friends and family and other community members who, you know, may not believe this stuff, but if that's all they're hearing, they think, well, that, yeah, it's probably about education that kind of feed the racist dog whistle. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, uh, thank you for joining us, Zach. I want to give you an opportunity to, if there's anything you want people to check out, follow you somewhere or follow your work or anything like that, anything you think people should know about, then let us know. But we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, again, glad to be here. Big fan of your as a show. Um, so I, I do a searchable database. So of all the different ads from like local school board on up to presidential, that anytime that anybody's running like uh, racist or xenophobic ads, so that you guys can look at that, see as our candidate in my area that's running these ads, um, you can kind of take a look at there. It's, it's searchable by um, candidate, state, topic, stuff like that. It's at gopadwatch.com. 
Um, and then on, on my Twitter handle at Zachary A. Mueller, um, every day I kind of do like an update on here's what the kind of crazy ads that are happening on Republicans, um, kind of the racist stuff that's happening. So if you're kind of looking for a more daily update to, for whatever reason, if you want to look at this kind of racist garbage as much as I do, um, <laughs> I, I kind of have that there to kind of keep you up to date on kind of like what's going on there to continue to call out and kind of shine a light on this stuff. Because I do think it's important to say, look, um, some Republicans are going to try to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy in a sweater vest. I'm, yeah. I'm not actually a racist. And I think if we can kind of point that out, I think that's really helpful. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, check him out. GOPadwatch.com. Zachary A. Mueller on Twitter. Thank you once again for joining us, Zach. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Zach. All right. Well, you know, we've only got a few minutes left here. Uh, Matt, if you see some comments, you could throw them up there. As y'all know, if you've watched the past couple of weeks, you know that I've been having some technical problems. I know. Imagine that. So I'm on the uh, I'm using the guest link, which just means I do not have the power. I've stripped myself of the power to put comments up there, but I can read them though. But Matt, you can throw up anything you want. But before we, uh, I mean, I, I have a, before while well, Matt's getting those up there, I have a theory about why the critical race theory stuff resonates with parents so much. Uh, I, besides racism, I think everyone hates sitting through uh, HR seminars and the people who put those together have, deg- have graduate degrees in social work and they're annoying. And we, we anticipate our kids having to sit through that and it makes people mad. I think that's it. <laughs> well, all right, there you go. Mark has cracked it. Uh, see some other people reminding me as always to say, please like, and subscribe and all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. It does help us. And thank you all as always for reminding me to remind you to do that. So yes, please do so. Also, I'll say right now, you can go to weekly to get a shirt. If you want one, I've seen some people out there on the road wearing shirts, always very cool. Uh, and Rebecca, and you can go to wellreadcomedy.com if you want tickets to see me live. Rebecca from YouTube says, Trey, can we call ourselves skewers? Hell yeah, you can. Sounds good to me. What do you think yeah. about it, Mark? Uh, like like uh, believers or Swifties, we have skewers. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah sure. I'll, I'll, like I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, there's like millions of Swifties, and we'll have like a couple dozen skewers. I'll take I like it. it yeah. yeah, I like it. I like skewers. Makes me think of like meat and vegetables on stick. You know, kebabs. I just I'm go meat. But, of. Yeah, yeah, uh, meat and peppers. No hit for yeah, me right yeah. now. Let's see. I see. Um. I guess I'll address a thing that's come up pretty frequently. Bear Man Prophecy on YouTube says trolls are good for views. I know that we've getting we're getting more and more trolls. Sorry about that. What are you gonna do? Welcome to my world, y'all. Fucking, I'm, you know, <laughs> I mean, y'all should see my DMs sometime. God damn. But anyway, yeah, trolls are just part. You know, sort of come with the territory. What are you gonna do? You know what they say? Don't feed them. That's the best thing to do. Just try to ignore them. I know. Uh, we use a multi-streaming platform to go out to all the different places at the same time, which means it makes it hard for us to actually on any given platform regulator do anything about it so just try not to and you know also hey amendment one free speech right yeah i'm not gonna shut these dipshits up they can say whatever they want on my channel i I, you know i die for their right to do so fucking idiots but if they're here just uh just you know ignore them and the rest of us have a good time um lou guy from youtube says does this show come on at a regular time each week it's live right now 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern for one hour, so five to six, eight to nine, every Tuesday night, it is live on my Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that. Then it stays up afterwards uh, for the, you know, in perpetuity. So you don't have to watch it live, but it is live at the same time every week. Yes. Um, Joe Yoakum, Joe Yoakum says, see you Saturday in Charlotte. All right, Joe. Well, looking forward to it. We'll see you there. Um, let's see here. Coffee and Makeup with Sam on YouTube says, I'm coming to see y'all in December in New Orleans. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, we're going to have some good shows. It's going to be a good time. I want y'all to come see us. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? I got some love for Zach. Robin, Robin Gothier says, Zach rocks. Thank you. So I hope you heard that, Zach. They like you. They like you, buddy. Uh, what else do we got over here? I believe there's a person saying that I suck. Is that a zucchini? I suck zucchini. I don't understand. I, I mean, I like zucchini just fine, but what do you like? Are you saying that? Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. The, you got to do better trolling, man. You want to go with the, with the uh, uh, eggplant emoji. Got to go That's with the eggplant, want. buddy. Yeah. 
Justin yeah. Goldberg asked y'all coming to Brooklyn, New York. Uh, hopefully, we don't have anything right now, but I know we will be in the future. We've been to Brooklyn a number of times, and it won't be too long, surely, before we make it back. Um, so, yeah. Spiritual home of Rednecks at a place in New York. You got barbecue. You got mason jar bars. You got you That's got right. everybody dressed in flannel. Yeah, Harry Morgan's got a whole bit about that exact mm-hmm. thing. Hell, we kind of made a sketch for Comedy Central about it. But yeah, we'll be back yeah. in Brooklyn eventually. Okay, Mark, you got a you got another call to get on right now, and it's six o'clock, so we're out of time. Thank you all very much. We'll be back next week. Jennifer Drury saw y'all in Lexington. It was a great show. Thank you, Jennifer. We love y'all very much. See you next time. See you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>